Just Woo! Fast, you're so positive. <laughs> I don't feel. I feel more fiery than I do feel positive. Yeah, I don't think I've felt this way in about nine years. Really, we have very little control. We can only do so much, and we know to fight. Sarah got a verse from the Lord at Exodus fourteen fourteen. Yeah, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. This is the Sprinter Mom with Lashes On podcast. Woo! Fast, you're so positive. I don't feel. <laughs> I feel more fiery than I do feel positive. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, we have been foster parents for 12 years, feels like 90. And thank God for Botox for Sarah, she would say. Yeah, or it look 90. <laughs> yes. And I just got my hair highlighted. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Uh, but it has been probably the one of the hardest weeks of being a foster parent in a very long time. Not because of our kids, because we all love the kids and they have become collateral damage in this hot mess of a system. But uh, because of the system and what it means to be a foster parent. Yeah, I don't think I've felt this way in about nine years because mm -hmm. we've had adoptions before where it was teenagers that were already like ready for adoption, like the rights were severed and all those things. And I think this is the first time we've been in the mess of it in yeah. a long time. Yeah. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, we just took in about, well, didn't just took in almost a year ago, took in five kids who were living in one of our group homes. Uh, a sibling group of five, ages two to 14, um, to adopt them. And throughout the process, um, they've had no family involvement for over two years. And now we have went to the courts and um, everyone was unanimous that um, they want the kids to be adopted. They have had two lawyers and two different case managers coming in and out of our house for the last six months asking a 12 year old a seven year old and a 14 year old hey do you want to be adopted first off what does that even mean that's very confusing for a kid and then having a uh, a lawyer who doesn't necessarily have any bedside manner has never been a social worker never worked with kids knows the law really well but just stands and asks the kid like so do you want to have your mom's rights terminated? Like, what does that even mean? Especially to an 11-year-old, how confusing that is. Not to mention, she was basically telling them they have the opportunity to stay in the group home. Yeah. And I think that's so unfair mm -hmm. that whether they liked us as parents or not, people need a family. Yeah. So then we had a um, severance trial um, just about... 18 days ago not counting <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't slept for 18 days um but days before christmas uh we get a call from a brand new case manager this is what drives me crazy we have a brand new case manager who is 22 years old who has a humanities degree god bless him but he has come into our house telling us how to be parents be and telling us how it works. But I would say, to be fair, since December 1st, they've been reaching out. Uh, all of a sudden, mom came back into town and she saw pictures of the kids and she decided, you know what? I haven't seen them for two and a half years, yeah. but I would love to show my face now because I'm sad that I missed out on everything. Yeah. And her life is tragic and hard. And it's like we never want to like... She has her own story and journey. And to be fair, like we never signed up for this. Like we, our life with four kids was fine. And we knew that like these kids needed permanency in the family. And we like, by God's grace, like 
we were in a position to be able to do it, sold our home, moved up here, and we love it. And we can't imagine our life without them. And our life is complete with these kids. And we've fallen in love with them. So we have been fighting and we fought with this. Uh, when we had this two-year-old in our home, he is a little spitfire. Mm-hmm. And for me, almost being 40 years old and already have done diapers for a decade was not about doing that again. Yeah. You really had to adjust to him. It took a little while. And now you're finally kind of liking him. <laughs> I kind of like the kid. Yeah. And I've learned to like love this kid and he doesn't cry as He's much. He's a turd. You know what? But this weekend he did. Uh, we're all getting ready for to go to church and we're, we're getting ready to head out. And we look over and see him with a mar- with a pencil in his hand mm. on our brand new renovated kitchen and his drawing. All over. All, all over. over. The not just one cabinets. drawer. Six different drawers. It took everything in me to not scream and get so frustrated but also don't leave a pencil out or don't leave pens out (laughs) okay yes you're very right he's two he's a two-year-old but watching a two-year-old cry and have attachment issues and every time that sarah would leave because he has had multiple different caregivers in his life and is finally attaching and bonding with mom and mom is consistently the one he's running to, grabs a hold of, and is just loves fiercely. And he used to not leave my side, but now his attachment is healing so much and getting so much better that he's able to go play. And he'll play for a little while. And then all of a sudden he'll go, mama, mama, mama. And then he has to come find me, reassure himself that I'm still there. But he at least now has gotten to a point almost a year later that he is attached in a healthier way not just like clinging on to my leg at all times yeah and now we have these great kids in our home and are well adjusted and they're getting ready to go in days before christmas and now this brand new case manager and a brand new supervisor who know nothing about the case who don't know the kids who have never met the kids don't even know their names have come up to us and tells us that we think it's in the best interest that we start doing visits with um the biological mom who hasn't been around in two and a half years who has gone hasn't made it to any court date yeah has been absent and has serious problems in their life and hasn't is not done, safe hasn't done any of the services and on the, the the day before the severance trial she reached out for services and because the day before severance she reached out for services now they are trying to check off their boxes to mm-hmm. show that they're doing their job before they go on Christmas vacation. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, they're coming to our family. And they say, in this 22-year-old person who is just following the, the legal statute, doesn't know the kids, says, we believe it's in the best interest that they start doing business. I'm like, this kid is seven years old. Well, our seven-year-old knows nothing has had no contact with this person in two and a half years. And then you just want us to go start doing visits. There's no therapeutic intervention. There's no kind of talking through this. Everyone on the team is enraged. We have um, lawyers filing petitions with the court um, and going up in arms because they're just trying to follow the system and the process. And for me, the heartbreaking thing is we've been the parents for these kids for the last year, year. have known these kids for multiple years, and they are finally experiencing some sort of healing. And then the system is just making collateral damage with them. And then leaving it to us to pick up the pieces days before Christmas when they're starting to bond. 
Not to mention the holidays bring out so much stress and anxiety already. And this will be our first like major, major holiday. We got through Thanksgiving. It was wonderful and great. Now here's another major holiday that we have to get through with nine kids at home again. And to bring in bio mom to have a visit is like a core memory of every Christmas. I'm going to remember that this is the time that I saw my bio mom. For the last time, for the first time, really, for the little kids. Who knows? They don't even understand what's happening. So for a two-year-old and a four-year-old, it's not developmentally appropriate. And any psychologist would say this. Um, I think maybe for our older kids, this would be something that we want to walk with them on through a journey and saying, like, hey, do you want to, like, hey, do you want what what in social work we call as, like, seeing a goodbye visit? It sounds very sad, but it's like saying we're ending this chapter um, you, all of your life that you've had is not going away. It's still part of you. The best parts of you is still here. Um, but we're going to say, hey, goodbye. We're going to close that chapter for a ne- for the next one. And I would say after 12 years of doing foster care, we have come to a place where we know the boundaries with birth families. Yeah. And we have blended sometimes and have mm-hmm. met them, gone in person, gone to parks, gone to brunch with our daughter's birth mother like we have worked through all of that and it should be up to the parents when it's appropriate for them to blend that because they will forever be their birth family however it's not up to the government to decide when they're ready and just having like the system that has to check off the boxes and having a 22 year old saying it's in the best interest and doesn't even know the child's name is a tragedy and for us we are beyond exhausted that we continue to have to advocate, but we will continue to advocate for these kids. But I think about all the other kids within foster care mm-hmm. who don't have people that are advocating for them and are just being swallowed up and to have to follow certain policies without understanding the context and the importance of understanding that there's a kid behind here. And the kid doesn't deserve to be collateral damage in the system. The kid is the core of what we're trying to be keep safe and persevere and have healing. And if we if we're if we're not doing that, then what is the point of this? The system is broken. We hear this all the time, but it's much different when you're in it and you're living it day in, day out. And I am like, we're at a place where like, please, no more caseworkers come to our house. Yeah. No more lawyers. Is is good you're good meaning people. You guys are great. You care about the the kids. I know you wouldn't get in this work and make your forty grand and fifty grand a year to do this but you're, you're making this work worse. Having a caseworker show up this morning before school to ask a 12 year old, do you wanna see your birth mom? And my kid just freezing and doesn't even understand. You have no tact in bedside manner. You are so taking a kid and throwing him into a spiral. Praise the Lord, I knew ahead of time and I was able to prep this kid last night and talk to him and pray with him and tell him that Regardless, you are who you are, and next next year you're going to be in eighth grade, and you're going to be the captain of your of your soccer team. That doesn't change. And you're going to be a centers. Yes. It doesn't change. And he has a smile on his face, but it still wakes up two hours earlier than normal. Completely because he's anxious. anxious wreck. Yep. And now we're days before Christmas to pick up the pieces because the system is broken, and we need more families to step up and help be part of that solution for these kids. And unfortunately, at least we understand the system a little bit better and have been in it longer. But I just my heart goes out to all the new foster parents that 
are just when a worker calls them and says that they're doing something, technically they're only the physical guardian. And so they just go along and just do, you know, visit after visit or list after list. And obviously reunification with parents is like the ultimate beautiful thing that every foster family wants. But there are extenuating circumstances when it's not in the best interest of the child, Mm -hmm. but the court and the the workers and everyone let it go on for so long that the foster family is so drained. And this is why they stop doing foster care or adopting after that one instance that just wrecked their family. We have been through court so many times. And I remember sitting when we adopted our first son after two, he was in our home for two and a half years. Dad got out of jail after two and a half years and decided he wanted to get him back. So they did a visit. And they you did had visit. to take him because I, I was devastated. She was sobbing. I take him to that visit. He clings onto my leg, doesn't even know who this guy is, the stranger is. He wants to take his pictures. And guess what? He bails. Like, that's a tragedy to these kids. But in the meantime, our 11-year-old son now has pictures floating on Facebook and the internet because birth dad got to see him and take pictures of him and post him on social media. Yeah. We want to be part of the solution. But it's also very exhausting being a foster parent. Yeah. But when we look at our kids and look at their life, our life would not be complete. We always say this is the best and hardest thing we'll ever have done. Yeah, it's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Um, Sarah got a verse from the Lord's Exodus 14, 14. Yeah, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I got that when Drew was a baby and we were going through that whole mess. And I told Ryan this morning, I can't even believe... We're like are back here. We're back here doing the same fight, but it's not us fighting. It's so much bigger than us. We we can really, we have very little control. We can only do so much and we know to fight. However, it's the spiritual fight that's happening and taking place. And I know we know God has it and we know God has the kids. They're really not our, none of our kids are our kids. They're all God's kids. Mm -hmm. So we know it's up to him. But we also just have to sit in that. And it's not very fun to sit in it at all. Yeah. And just to be still and know that God is fighting underneath. And that's a beautiful place to be. And it causes us to have to breathe for a second. Then he is good. He is faithful. And we just have to trust because, yep, these kids are yours, Lord. And we will be obedient to that. And we will trust even when we cannot sleep and we have fears and we have sleepless nights and tearful mornings. I've had a few mornings driving to work just crying, worried about these kids. Yeah. And it's just part of the part of the call, part of the thing. Yeah. So become a foster parent. It sounds very encouraging, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but when you meet our kids, you will fall in love with them and you're like, that's worth the fight. Yes, absolutely. Every single time. And yeah. I would say that there are all of the kids in the system deserve Mm -hmm. loving families that will love them for who they are and that will do their best job just to blend who they were and how like redeeming their story of who they can become within a family unit yeah that's all we got good Good luck luck out there (laughs) until next time may you unleash your purpose and i will not be crying because of my (laughs) lashes (laughs) her lashes are on There are no more tears. It's just fighting mode. (laughs) And our anxiety pills are strong. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today for the Sprinter Mom with Lashes On podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, 
and leave a review. We'll see you next week.